Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Let's go to Mark chapter 4. And uh, we ministered uh, Wednesday evening on uh, receiving maximum results from the Word. And we want to get uh, back into that uh, as we can. Uh, because... Uh, one of the things that the Lord said to us, the Lord had said uh, five different things to Pastor Michelle about this year. One of them was uh, we were entering a season that was going to require the walk of faith. Uh, another one was that the uh, fruit of the Spirit would be crucial, uh, that we would need to be led at a new level. But another that he said was three things. He said that trust for God, trust for His Word, Trust in his word were going to be crucial. And uh, the uh, I learned something years ago, and it was this, that the word will produce to the level that you commit to it. The word produces to the level that I commit to it. And because we're word people. And so the word produces to the level that I commit to it. When I, when, I, when I come to something in the Word, it's, okay, this is full stop. This is what I believe. All right? And so the Word produces to the level that you or I commit to it. And when any pressure is on a person, when any pressure uh, is coming against them uh, in their life, their commitment to the Word will determine the results they receive. Because the pressure is there to try to separate me from the word of God. I, everything the devil does, he, he does to separate you, to try to separate you from the word of God. The, the circumstance can separate me, but it doesn't have to. Right? But it can. But it can. And the way I treat the word is proof of my commitment to it. All right? You will never have more honor for God than you do his word. All right, because when I'm in the presence of the Word, I'm in the presence of God. All right, it's, it's, this is so important to, to see that. Because I can never have any more honor for God than I do the, the written Word, what He said. And so uh, in Mark chapter 4, verse 14, these are maybe somewhat familiar passages to our circles, but it says, Mark 4, 14, the sower sows the word. The sower sows the word. Uh, the Weymouth Bible says what the sower sows is the word. Now, so to be clear, the context of this passage is the word. All right, not rocks, not thorns, not the devil. The context is the word. The sower so is the word. Jesus told this parable to the people that were there on the Mount of Olives with him. And he told that parable. And, and he told the people. And then they got back home. And Jesus is reiterating to the disciples. 
They said, what, what's that mean? He said, how is it you don't know this parable? Now watch. He said, if you don't know this parable, you can't know anything I'm saying. Because this is, this is the master key to the kingdom. Mark chapter 4 is the master key to the kingdom. And he says this. He says, the sower sows the word. All right? The, the word is being sown. So the, the word is a seed that has to be sown. The word on your desk, on your table, on your bookshelf, on your phone, on your iPad is doing you no good if it's not sown. It has to be sown into the heart. It has to be sown into the situation. It has to be sown into your life. All right? Because the, the, the word of God has to be sown. Then it has to be cultivated. It has to be cared for. It has to be protected. All right? Because, because it's the seed of the word of God. It's going to bring forth what I need in my life. And to get maximum results, the first thing is I have to sow it. Then I have to protect it. I have to cultivate it. I have to care for it. All right? He goes on and he says in uh, the uh, next verse, verse 15. Because I want you to understand, seeds are designed to grow once they're planted. Once you plant a seed, it's designed by the Creator to grow. Amen. All right? And, it, and it's designed to grow and produce perpetually. All right? We, we have in our day and age now what we call hybrid seeds. And, and they're a one-growth seed. They're, they're chemically and, 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 and uh, manufactured uh, in laboratories, and they're a one-growth seed. They, they, they give one crop. All right? But, you know, if you, if you just have flowers around your house and in your yard, you have annuals and you have perennials. Well, how often do annuals grow? One time. How often do perennials grow? I personally like perennials. All right? Right? Because I just got to keep the weeds out of them. They're going to do the work. Amen. The Word always works if you're committed to it and you cultivate it and you take care of it, the Word always works because it's a perpetual eternal seed. It's incorruptible. The only way it can be corrupted is if I let it be corrupted. And then it's just corrupted in my life. It's not corrupted at its genesis. It's not corrupted at its core. All right, the word, the seed of the word can never be corrupted. It can be stolen. It can be allowed to die. It can be destroyed. But it cannot, it cannot be corrupted. All right? So verse 15, he says, notice that these are they that are sown on the wayside. Where the word is sown, when they've heard, now notice the word is sown, they have heard, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Now wait a minute. So he says it's sown on the wayside, and notice the word is sown. The word is intentionally sown on the wayside. See, we've taught this in the past. People have taught it like this was an accident. That some seed kind of fell out of the seed bag 
on the wayside. It's not what it says. These are they by the wayside where the word is sown. If the word is sown, it's sown intentionally. The word is sown, but when they have heard, uh oh, they heard. So if they heard, the word was sowed. Is that right? See, right now I'm sowing word. You're hearing, I'm sowing. Right? Notice, when they have heard, but when, but when they have heard, Satan comes immediately. Now, if you look at that, when they've heard, comma, Satan comes immediately, comma. Right? Now, here's what I want you to see. Now, this, you, you may have to look at this different. You'll hear people say, when you hear the word, Satan comes immediately. That's not what this says. It's not what these verses say. It says where this person is concerned. I'm going to read it to you from the Bible, and then you've got to do whatever you've got to do with it. Amen. When this person has heard, because are all three of these people separate soils, separate hearts? This guy that has a hard heart heard the word. The word was sowed. And it laid there on the hard soil of his heart. And the devil came along and took it. Him. The devil's not mentioned in any of these other verses. As stealing the word. In the other verses, we're going to read them. In the other verses, the individual that received the word let it go. Or allowed other things in. Will the devil steal the word? Yes. If you leave it laying out where he can grab it, he'll take it and run off with it every time. Amen. But what if the word's hid in my heart? Amen. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, give us eyes to see and ears to hear wondrous things from your word. He said that the word was sown on that wayside soil. Every person will have an opportunity to hear the word. Every person will have the word sown into their heart at some point. It's up to me if I'm hard-hearted or not. Amen. You understand? It's up to me whether or not the word gets into my heart. It's up to me whether the devil steals it or not. Some, somehow we've left the impression that, yeah, you hear the word and immediately the devil comes. Well, he listen, the devil does what he does. He's a thief. But in the perfect context of these verses, he's saying this guy had the heart like the worn path between two circles of wheat. And when the seed was sown on that ground, it laid there on the top of the ground and the devil just came along and took it. Amen. See, part of keeping your heart uh, supple before God is when you come to a scripture, that's it. I received that. That's mine. Now you're putting the word in your heart. The enemy just can't come steal it from you. Amen. I've, I've, I've watched over the years I've been in ministry how, how the enemy can come steal the word from people. The Bible says in these other verses, we're not going to get into all of them today, but it says in the book of Matthew that the group uh, uh, in the stony ground, it says the word was sown and with joy they received it. But they, they didn't have any depth of earth and so they endured for a little while and then they fell apart. But they received it with joy. 
Why, the Word's changing my life. Praise God. Hallelujah. God's so good. Glory to God. Praise God. Dig, dig, dig. You got to dig deep and you got to put the Word deep in your heart. Amen. Amen. Because if I don't have a depth of earth, the word has, there's, there's no way for the roots to spread out. There's no way for it to, to gain the nutrients that it needs. Amen. Do you see that? So people say, well, I don't want to be that hard ground. No, I don't want to be the hard ground either. But here's why I'm in charge of whether I'm the hard ground. If my heart is hard, I'm in charge of whether it stays that way. Rejection of the word always produces hard-heartedness. Always. Whatever it may be. There are people that are hard. We think hard-hearted and we think hard-hearted just against, uh, uh, you know, the moral things of God and things where sin is concerned. There are people that are so hard-hearted about prosperity, they do not believe that God wants you to prosper. They will get up and preach that, 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 that you know, God must love poor people. He made so much of us. Made so many of us. He must love poor people. God doesn't expect you to have anything. Just get by by what you can get by. God don't care what you drive. He don't care where you live. He'd rather you live in a mud hut and drive a cart and love him than have ever. Well, that's true in, to an extent. But, but think about this. You got to deny multitudes of scripture to say that. So what's the end result? You got to be hard hearted against scripture. Amen. Listen, I've had, I've had people tell me before, you know, they, they would go to the Bible. You know, they wouldn't smoke dope. So they'd go to the Bible and find where God made herbs because they like to smoke that herb. What, what do we call that herb? What, weed? Weeds were under the curse. What's that? No good thing comes from it. I, I told a guy one time. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do this. And I asked him. I knew him before. He was backsliding, and I knew him before. And I said, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. I said, how is it now you think that something that completely destroyed your life before is now going to help you? Hard-hearted. Hard-hearted. I want to do this. And what's the devil doing? Taking the word. Taking the word. Taking the word. See, it's not just the issues of morality. There are people that are hard-hearted against healing. Bless God. God's got a purpose in your suffering. God's got a purpose in you being sick. God's got a purpose in you going through that. It, it, it almost sounds like blasphemy for me to even say that. Why? It's a miscarriage of justice if God punished Jesus for my sin and laid my sickness and my disease on him and he paid the price, then for God to turn around and put it on me is a miscarriage of justice. God cannot be trusted if that's the way he is. Close your Bible. Let's go home. Let's all commit adultery. Run to the bar because there's no truth in the word. If God will do that, 
then nothing he said is true. What he said he meant, and you come to the word, and you see that by his stripes, you are healed. Settles it. That's the end of the discussion. God is my healer. And then don't let circumstances. Am I helping anybody? Or other people's circumstances harden your heart. Well, I knew so-and-so, and I know they were in faith, and, and, they, and they this and they, and I just, I'm beginning to question everything I believe. So you're going to let someone else's experience cause you to question what God did for you. Amen. Never, no, never, a million times, no. A million times, no. Amen. Amen. Woo, glory. So the ground that this seed was sown on The receiver did nothing with it. He just left it there. Hallelujah. And left in a position for the enemy to take from the hearer. So they heard the word, did nothing with what they heard. Matthew 13, 19, it says this. uh, The Weiss Bible says, while everyone is listening and not comprehending the word of the kingdom. This same ground, Matthew says, they listened, they heard, they didn't comprehend. Now, but understand why they didn't comprehend. They didn't want to. See, do you understand? They didn't want to. They, they, did, they didn't put it in a position to work in their lives. Hallelujah. That's the importance of studying the Word. Because I've got to understand the word. The word understand. He said, when uh, uh, Matthew 13, 19, when they understand it not, the wicked one comes, the evil one comes. Understanding means to set or to bring together, to put together. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and doesn't put it together or set it together or, or pull it together, all right? Then, notice, then the wicked one comes. Then, when? They don't understand. Why don't they understand? Hearts are hard. Hard ground. Amen. See, you've got to ascertain something. You cannot understand out of ignorance, and you cannot understand out of a hard heart. And you choose not to understand. Is that right? There are things I haven't understood because of ignorance. Just don't know. There are things that I choose not to understand out of a hard heart. Amen. Listen, there's times you disagree in your marriage and you know you need to forgive, and you'll just be hard hearted and won't and won't understand. <laughs> and you'll talk to somebody and they'll and they'll say, Yeah, but look look at their point of view. I listen, I'm tired of looking at their point of view. Hard heart. Hard heart. Right? What did Jesus do? He entered into our suffering. He entered into our condition. He wasn't hard hearted. Right? So there's things I don't understand because I don't know and things I don't understand because I don't want to. The indication here is the heart was hardened. Amen. 
Now, let's look at James 1. See, because circumstances are a challenge, but circumstances are not always the problem. It's how I deal with the circumstances. It's how, not how I approach them, how, how I react to them, how I respond to those circumstances. In James 1.22, notice what it says. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, notice, deceiving your own self. The man in Mark chapter 4 was hearing the word and not doing anything with it. Deceiving himself. Knowing the word, hearing the word, memorizing the word is good, but it means nothing if you're not going to do it. Because it's, he said, it's the doer of the word. And he said, if you just hear and you don't do, notice, the devil deceives you. So it says? No, it says you deceive your own self. So the person that just leaves the word sitting on the ground or sitting by the wayside doesn't have to be deceived by the devil. They deceive themselves. Because I know the word. Bless God, I know the word. Bless the Lord, I know the word. But but see, if I'm I'm not cautious, I'm not going to get the maximum results out of the word because I can deceive myself. By hearing it and not doing it. You know, I've never had somebody that consistently sows come to me and ask me why seed time and harvest doesn't work. Because they're acting on the word. I've had people that sporadically do it. I've had people that do it every now and then. I've had plenty of them come. Because they're hearing and not doing. They're hearing and not doing. Amen. The enemy was running his mouth to me today about how uh, there were some things I couldn't do and, some, and, and he brought up a certain seed that we were going to sow and said, you can't sow that seed. You know what I did? Got up and wrote the check out. Watch me. As soon as I get home, I'm mailing it. Then what? Amen. I'm not going to be hard-hearted. When you start believing what the devil's telling you and you start backing off because that's what he's saying, now your heart's getting hard. Because I'm not acting on the word. Never, never act on what the devil tells you. Never act on what the devil tells you. Always act on what the, on, on what the word says. When the devil says you can't sow a seed, it may not be the entire seed you want to sow, but you get up, you write the check, you walk the aisle, you put something in the ground, and you let him know I can too sow, and I will sow in Jesus' name. I'm not going to get hard-hearted. Because when I back off in one area with the word, it gets easier to back off in the other areas. Where where the word comes to, 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 where where it comes to the word, you got to have absolutes. This is what the word says. This is what I do. This is what I don't do. This is what I believe. This is what I don't believe. I have people tell me something about the word. They'll say, well, you know, uh, 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 this is what I believe about the word. And I'll go, 
people say, what do you say? Well, depending on who it is, uh, sometimes I'll go, well, that's not what the word says. Amen. Well, what do they do? Well, they kind of look at me. And then we can open the Bible and say, well, this is what the word says. Now, here's, here's why I'm saying that. I'm not going to let those seeds of doubt be sown in my heart. Amen. I want the maximum results from the word. Amen. Is that right? I want the maximum results. So he said, I have to act on the word. One translation says, put that message into practice. Put that message into practice. Because that's how I keep the word from being stolen. I put it into practice. You're too late. I'm already working it. You're too late. It's already happening. It's too late. It's already working in my life. Hallelujah. Psalm 119, verse 11. And you know, the thing is, I can't stand up here and minister. I don't know who's working the word and who's not. Not without a close examination of your life and knowing what you're believing. But, but the thing is, faith, faith requires honesty. Faith is personal. Faith requires you looking and going, okay, that's not working in my life. Why isn't that working in my life? See, we tell stories for a reason. All those years ago, 30 years ago now, probably, close to 30 years ago, when we were facing all the challenges we were facing, and I went back in my back bedroom, and I took Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, and opened it up before the Lord and laid it on my bed and put my hand on it and said, Father, this isn't working for me. This isn't working. Now, what did I just do? I opened up a door for God to tell me why his word wasn't working for me. Because in our circles, we say the word always works. No, it doesn't. There are people that you know that it's not working for. And there's a reason it's not working. See, because they're, 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 listen, very often we preach and teach from the level we're on. And we forget everybody's not on our level. And you come out and you tell somebody, the word always works. Bless God, the word always works. And they're sitting there thinking, well, I was working the word and, and things have gotten worse. What's wrong with me? I must be a bad person. I'm, and we got to take the time to say, if the word's not working, you got to go to God and say, your word's not the problem. What you said is not the problem. Tell me why this isn't working for me. Explain to me. I'll correct it. Right? Because the word at its core always works. It always works. But there are people that it doesn't seem to be working for and they need to be asking why and not get hard-hearted against the word. Amen. The Bible says there's, there's a ground that there's a person that immediately when the pressure and the tribulation came, they got offended at the word. Right. And it quit working for them. There are people you know and I know, they're offended at the word. They stepped out and did something and when they faced a challenge and it didn't seem like it was working, instead, instead of going to God and saying, Lord, where did I miss it? Where, where was I wrong here? Why did this not work for me? They immediately begin to say, well, that's not for us, or I don't believe that, or that's not right, or whatever the case may be. And in reality, they just left the word there through a lack of understanding, and the devil took it. Hallelujah. 
Amen. Psalm 119, verse 11. Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Amen. So the word has to be hidden in my heart. We're talking in Mark chapter 4 about how that ground is the heart of man. Well, he said the word's got to be hidden in your heart, not left on top of your heart. Amen. It's got to be hidden in your heart. You've got to take it in and make it a part of you. There are people that they're saved and they're filled with the Holy Ghost and they're on their way to heaven. That's all they have. That's all they're ever going to have because they don't want anymore. They're not going after any of the things of God. Anything that comes up that's a deeper walk or a deeper flow or a deeper manifestation, they question it, they doubt it. I don't know about all that. The only thing they know is they're saved, they're filled with the Holy Ghost, and they're going to heaven. I'm telling you, they're hard-hearted. Because the Word of God wants to take us to higher heights and deeper depths, precept upon precept, line upon line, glory to glory. Is that right? See, it, it takes a person hungry for the Word to say, if the Word says it, I want it. Is that right? Oh, hallelujah. So the heart in Mark chapter 4 was hardened. And because of that, the seed couldn't penetrate and was left exposed to the enemy. So I've got to hide the word in my heart for it to produce results in my life. See, it takes, the word takes time to grow. The word takes time to grow. If you, uh, you look at uh, Matthew chapter 13. I've been going back this year and just teaching and preaching things that over the last 30 years have just impacted my life. And, and the, the, the issue is, you know, well, hallelujah. Matthew chapter 13. And uh, I want you to see something concerning this. Let me make sure that's where I want to be. Because uh, actually, go go to Mark chapter four. Let's go back over there. That that that's a better one. Mark four twenty six, and he Jesus said, "So is the kingdom of God. This is how the kingdom is. As if a man should cast seed into the ground." Now. The context has not changed. He's explaining the operation of the kingdom, and it starts off with the sower sows the word. And he says, further, this is how the kingdom of God operates, as if a man should cast seed into the ground and sleep and rise night and day, and the seed springs and grows up. He does not know how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he putteth in the sickle, because the harvest is come. Now, the context is not finances. People will use that in the context of finances. Well, you sow your seed, and, and don't, don't, don't uh, uh, try to reap it till you get your full harvest. It's not what he's talking about. He's talking about the word. Now, it could be sowing the word on your finances, I understand. But it's not talking about a financial seed. 
It's talking about you sowing the word. And he says, in the kingdom of God, this is how sowing the word works. It's like a man casting seed into the ground. And then he enters into the time aspect. He's got to sleep and rise night and day. And the seed is growing and bringing forth. And he doesn't know how it does it. But it's doing it. It takes time for the word to grow. You don't just hear the word today and go out and do everything you need to do this afternoon. I got to put the word in my heart in abundance. Meditate on the word of God. You can hear something in church and go, okay, bless God, that's me. That's that's where I want to go. That's what I want to do. Then you've got to take the time to go meditate the scripture that will produce that in your life. Sometimes we take confession and we just think, if I just confess the word enough, I'll get what I need. The Bible says it's the man that meditates on the word night and day. That's like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf will not wither and whatever he does will prosper. I got to meditate the word and then confess what I'm meditating. If what you're confessing isn't deep in your heart, you're confessing out of your head. And that's almost as dangerous as a hard heart because it's mental ascent. There's no spiritual power behind it. I've got to meditate the word till it's coming out of my heart. The heart has to feed my mouth. The mind doesn't feed my mouth. If the mind feeds your mouth, you're in trouble. The heart has to feed your mouth. That's why the Bible says the heart of the wise teacheth his mouth. So confess the word. You need to confess the word, but I've told you for years. If you're believing God for something, you're better off finding two or three scriptures that really speak to you that you got a hold of by the Spirit of God and declaring those over and over again than just trying to hit print from a website of healing scriptures and printing out a ream of paper and confessing things that you haven't got in your heart. Hallelujah. It takes time. Hallelujah. I confess the word every day. Every day of the world, I'm confessing the word. I pray the word. I talk the word. Amen. But, but I had to learn. It's, it's, it's what I get in my heart that makes the difference. It's not just what I say with my mouth. Well, Jesus said I'd have whatever I say. What did Jesus say? He said, therefore I say unto you, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe, but shall believe, not doubt, but believe. He said three, he said say three times, but he said believing one time. That means I got to believe the word good at least once before I'll have what I say. I got to believe to have what I say. And I got to believe that what I say will come to pass. Amen. Amen. Am I, am I help? See, you don't just, listen, you don't just believe what you say about certain things. You believe what you say yeah. will come to pass. Everything you say will come to pass. Yeah. Everything. The only way you get what you say out of the word is you believe what you say about everything. You're going to get what you say regardless. Well, it got quiet. Let let me come back here to Brother Kevin. So let's say Kevin's building a new house. You might build a new house one of these days, right? 
And let's say him and Carol are talking to the architect, talking to the builder, right? And they want a circle house. But you tell them you want a rectangle. What are you going to get? What you say. Not what you want, what you say. And you can come out and see that rectangle house and go, I didn't want that. That's what you told me. I wanted a circle. You didn't say that. You get what you say. None of us in here would run around saying, I'm worn out. I'm old. I'm wore down. Body's breaking down. Everything's falling apart. Oh, no, we never say that, Pastor. But we'll say things like, just can't do what I used to do. Just don't have the energy I used to have. You're going to have what you say. Takes time for the word to grow. Don't, don't get impatient. Impatience is one of the things that pulls up the word. He said, because here's what impatient people do. They see the, they see the, the, the blade, then they see the ear and the full corn in the ear. And he said, there are people that, that put in the sickle too early because of their impatience. Don't be impatient. The word right now is working for you. Try that out. Say, the word right now is working for me. Say, it's working mightily in me. Say this, it's producing the effects that God promised in my life right now. The word's working. When he said, when you sleep, the word's working. He said, when you wake up, the word's working. When you go back to sleep, the word's working. When you get back up, the word's working. And he said, the day will come that you'll look out the window and see your promise ready to be harvested if you just won't give up and become hard-hearted. You just, just don't give up. Amen. Hallelujah. There are things happening this year that we've been believing God for 25 years to see. And they're just happening this year. I'm, that doesn't work. When you lose sight of time, where the word's concerned, everything changes. Because you can try to put time pressure on the word, and you've not cultivated the word to accommodate that time pressure. Should I say that again? You can try to put time pressure on the word and you've not cultivated the word in your heart to accommodate that time pressure. There are things I can believe for in a matter of days that used to take me months. Amen. But I've, I've, I've cultivated the word in my heart. You cannot convince me. You can't convince me that I will ever be broke. You can't convince me that we will ever not have what we need. You cannot convince me that abundance will ever cease to exist in my life, my family, my churches, my fellowship, because I've already made, I made that decision. 30 years ago, I made the decision. I'll never be broke another day in my life. That settles the issue. Amen. Right? And so consequently, when financial things come up, I declare what the Word of God says. I sow a seed, we sow a seed, and we expect to turn around in a matter of days or weeks. But I've been cultivating that in my heart for almost 30 years. Amen. And never moving away from the Word. When, when you get a need met, 
That's not when you quit confessing your abundance. That's just part of it. That's not your abundance. That little old need you got met, that's not your abundance. That's just, that's just a few ounces of what God has for you. Am I making sense? And, 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 and when you consistently hide the word in your heart and, and keep it in your heart, in the middle of your heart, it's consistently growing. The word is a perennial. It produces perpetually. Amen. One of, the, one of the greatest scriptures that, that, that we got a hold of years ago, all those years ago, was in the book of Isaiah when he said, I'm the Lord your God that teaches you to profit. I've always approached the word this way. I'm not going to shout about the word because you are. I'm going to shout about the word because it's speaking to me. I'm going to get it. When I tell you I have an IDC degree, I mean it. I don't care what anybody else is doing. I don't care what anybody else is saying. I don't care what anybody else is believing. I know what I believe. That settles the issue. Right? Now, don't misunderstand me. I I love to shout. I love to run. I love to jump. But here's my point. I'm not going to shout about something just because somebody else is shouting about something. I'll shout, right? I'll shout about it as it becomes a revelation to me. I'll shout about it. I'll glorify God about it. But I'm going to take the time to cultivate it in my life. And consequently, let me say this. I don't worry about what other people have or what other people are doing or that I'll be left out because I have the word in me. And it said God is working in me right now to will and to do of his good pleasure. So everything God has, that's the word, right? So everything that God has for you to do in your life, God right now is working in you the will to do it, right? And the ability to do it. Amen. So you might have the will and not the opportunity. You, don't, you have the will and not the opportunity because you don't have the, the, the ability to do it. Work on the ability to work to will and to do of his good pleasure. Don't get in a hurry. Amen. Don't get in a hurry. Hey, you know, I'm not a spring chicken. Well, what is a spring chicken? I don't... Different than a fall chicken? Maybe I'm a summer chicken. <laughs> Am I helping you all with this? There's a lot flowing here today. I've been praying all morning. Lord, open our eyes and, and open our ears and open our eyes to see wondrous things from your word. I'm not trying to contradict anybody, but what I'm trying to tell you is when, when you take the time to cultivate the word in your heart, when you open your mouth and begin to confess the word, it comes out with a force that changes things. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you see that? So, Luke chapter 6. I have to hide the word in my heart for it to produce results in my life. And where the word's concerned, don't ever let the pressure up. You keep the pressure on the word of God. Luke chapter 7, verse 47. Jesus is dealing with, I said 7, Luke 6. Jesus is dealing with two gentlemen here. And he says, whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings. Now think about that. 
We know faith comes by hearing. But notice, he said, whoever comes to me and hears my sayings. Oh, and does them. So he's about to, he's about to uh, uh, separate these two men, these two situations. Comes to me and hears my word and does it. He's like a man that built a house and digged deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood rose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house and it could and could not shake it for it was founded on a rock. Right? Notice he heard and did. He didn't just hear. He heard and did. And then he dug deep. He dug deep. Amen. Takes time to dig. Yeah. Takes time to dig. Because the, the context here, and we'll read it about the other man, the, the context here uh, in, in these two men, these two men, is one built on the sand and one built on the rock. You don't get to the rock until you dig through the sand. Even if you encounter some little shale rock, you got to keep digging till you get on bedrock. Then the house doesn't move. So not just hearing, doing, digging. Digging deep. A lot of believers, you know, they dig when they're facing something. That's the only time they dig. But when you're constantly digging, and the house is always a representative of your life when Christ was teaching, when you dig deep and you found your life on the rock, now my life's unmovable. The things that come against other people and wash them away will break on my life like waves on a rock and it just go away. That's you. If you dig, you got to dig. You got you to dig deep. Amen. Do you see that? You know, when, when we're training our children and we're training them in, in school and helping them learn things, Right? We don't just give them the answer. Right? Well, you don't. Maybe I do. But, I mean, you shouldn't. Let me put it that way. If, 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 they're, if they're trying to spell a word, right, we don't just tell them how to spell it. Sound it out. You're, you're learning the different intonations. You're learning the consonants. You're learning the vowels. You're learning, right? You, does that make sense? Amen. Well, how did I spell this? Lily spelled house one time, and it was spelled H-O-W-S-E. Well, why how? How was, right? She, how is W. She's, she's learning the different intonations, the different, the, right? No, it's H-O-U-S-E. But, but here, you understand? What I'm saying is you take the time and you go, wait a minute. No, we got to dig because... You might understand what H-O-W-S-E is, but nobody else will understand what H-O-W-S-E. So let's back up. Let's erase that. Let's dig. 
Let's dig. Because there's going to be a test. And if we dig, we'll know how to spell the word. Listen, it's not if the flood comes. It's not if the storm rises. It's not if the wind blows. It's when the flood rises and when the storm comes and when the wind blows. And what's going to make the difference is if you dug or not and put your house on the rock. That's hiding the word in your heart. That's hiding the word in your heart. Amen. Notice the other man, he said uh, he built without a foundation, built his house on the earth. And, and we, we see this, the word the, the, in, the indication there is it's the same storm, the same flood, the same stream. They might have been built right next to each other. Amen. And notice what it says. And immediately it fell. Now, now notice, notice how long he was able to stand because he didn't take any time putting the word in him. It says he fell immediately. Because it was just sitting there on the sand. There's nothing to hold it down. There's nothing to keep it from moving. He didn't dig. See, that while, while this guy was just talking the word, the other guy was digging and putting the word in him. Amen. This guy was just hearing the word. You can, you can listen to YouTube all day. You can listen to CDs all day. You can listen to podcasts all day. And if you're not going to dig, you're hearing a lot, but you're not accomplishing much. Faith comes by hearing, bless God. Yes, it does. Faith does come by hearing. And we've, I've already shown you three instances where the Bible says that if you just hear the word and you don't have the decision to do it, it doesn't profit you anything. Right. Yes. Amen. I, listen, I know preachers that can get up and make you shout about faith. Preach faith, preach the paint off the walls about faith and don't know a lick about living by faith because they don't live by faith. They know how to preach it. Anybody can preach faith. Amen. Your dog, your monkey can preach faith. We can train a monkey to preach faith. You, you, the, the, the person that gets results is the person that says, I see it, I hear it, I'm putting it in my heart, and I'm going to do it Amen. with the intention of making it happen. Digging takes time. See, the foolish man's house was easier to build. It was easier to build. But when the floods came, he had no foundation, and his house fell. So the man who heard and did nothing had no protection. The word was just on the ground, produced no stability. Hallelujah. Look at Ephesians 6. We're going to be done in a moment. Ephesians 6 and 14, the scripture says concerning, he's describing the pieces of the armor of God. And he says, therefore stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. So the very first piece of the armor that we see is, is truth. 
And the word truth there is the same word that Jesus used in John 17, 17 when he said, your word is truth. The word is truth. Uh, the word uh, truth there means uh, absolute truth. It means the truth of anything under consideration. So the word is truth. Now, the reason this is so important is notice what it is. It's the belt of truth. This is the written word of God. All right? This is, we have here, the Logos. The written word of God is the only piece of the armor of God that's made it into the physical seen world. It's right here in front of us. This is the belt of truth. The belt of the word. Hallelujah. And uh, notice where it's at. It's in the middle of the man. It's the belt. I decide if I have my belt on or not. Right. And, and the thing about this is, the belt's not flashy. Everybody's got an old belt. Amen. Amen. You, you, you have probably never come into a church service and some guy walk up to you if you're a guy or if you're a lady come up to you if you're a sister and look at you and go, man, sharp belt. <laughs> right? It's usually covered up. Jackets, button. Other things hanging over it. I don't know where all that's at, but anyway, you understand. You know, like blouses and sweaters. You, you, you understand. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyway, y'all trying to get me to sin. It's, it's, it's not really readily recognizable if you have your belt on. But here's something that I want to say that's profound. If your pants fall down, it's probably pretty evident you didn't have a belt on. Amen. Brother Cater that went to our church in Tennessee was standing in front of me and my wife one time. We had The church we went to had testimony service. And he was an older man, wonderful man, good man, but stood up. I got a testimony, and he just raised both of his hands. Both hands went up, and both pants went down. <laughs> hey, glory to God. We had a meeting that night. <laughs> but you know what I was able to notice? No belt. Amen. The belt holds everything together. The, the belt hold, held the breastplate of righteousness together. The belt is what you put everything else on, the truth. This is what you build your life on. The, the, the belt is where the sword of the Spirit was attached. The belt was where the shield of faith was attached. Everything that you are in Christ starts with what you know about the Word. And if that's not secure, if I don't have a secure understanding of the Word of God, everything else falls apart. 
I can't know how righteous I am without the Word. I can't know how healed I am without the Word. I can't know how to operate faith without the Word. I can't know what the Word coming out of my mouth will do without the Word of God. Amen. So there's never a substitute for you getting in the Word for yourself and seeing what the Word has to say for yourself. Not just shouting about what somebody else said about the Word. It encourages me, it edifies me, it builds me up. But at some point, I've got to get alone and say, this is what the Word is saying to me. In every one of my Bibles, I write on the front flap, this is my Bible. This is God speaking to me. This is my Bible. Amen. Hallelujah. And, 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 and I've, I've, I've watched people over the years. You know, you can, you can have a grasp on what the Word said. But you got to check, is my belt hooked? Amen. Amen. Because I decide if I have my belt on or not. Notice verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So we have the Logos, and now here we have the Rhema. The Rhema. The, 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 the word we have here in English for, the, for word is the Greek word rhema, which means what one has said. It means an utterance or a command. Meaning, the sword the Spirit uses. He says, take the sword of the Spirit or the sword that the Spirit uses. The sword the Spirit uses is the word coming out of my mouth. That's the sword the Spirit uses. I take the word of truth, the belt of truth, and put it in my heart, and it comes out of my mouth. And when it comes out of my mouth, the Spirit can use it to fight my battles. Amen. It's the word coming out of my mouth that is the word, that is the sword that the Spirit uses. And the Bible says it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Hallelujah. The word of God. In, in the book of Hebrews, it says it's sharper than any two-edged sword. So the, word, the sword the Spirit uses is the word coming out of my mouth. It's the sharpest sword on the battlefield, and it cuts coming, and it cuts going. It cuts both ways. Amen. So the written word holds my life together. That's what holds me together. There are things that I see come on people that affect them that don't affect us because our, the written word keeps our life held together. Amen. I've had people say, how do you know that's not going to fail in your life? It's founded on the word. See, I decide if I'm a word person or not. I, I, I decide that because it, that, that, it's my decision. I'm going to respond according to the word. That's how things stay together. That's how things stay stable. Stable. That's how your relationships stay stable. You, you respond to them according to the word. You don't respond out of animosity. You don't respond out of fear. You respond out of love. Love is the, love is the deciding factor. When, when the Bible says don't worry, then I don't worry based on what the word says. Yeah, but all those worries are in my mind. I know they're in your mind, but you're not worrying based on what the word said. The, the word said, take no thought, so I'm going to take no thought. Amen. Now I'm founding my life on the word. 
Yeah, but those thoughts keep coming. Right, it takes time for the word to grow. But the word will eventually grow according to the book of Matthew and Luke and it will become greater than anything that's trying to be sowed into your life. Because it said it grows up and it becomes greater. Don't allow thoughts in your head to stop the word from growing in your heart. Because you start taking the thought in your head. And listen, when you take it, you put it in your heart. You don't take it and put it in your mind. It comes to your mind and you take it from your mind and put it in your heart. Nobody can put anything in your heart but you. You got to put it in your heart. You got to take it and put it in your heart. Yeah, but if, if it's in my mind, isn't in mine? No, it's not yours. Because you are not a mind. And you are not a body. You are a spirit. The spirit is the real you. What you feed off of is what's in your heart, not what's in your mind. And as you keep letting the word grow in your heart, it'll replace what's in your mind. And you'll start thinking like the word. And you'll become what Brother Hagin called God inside minded. You'll become word of God minded. What does the word say? And every thought, you'll answer it with what the word says. And the word will supplant those thoughts and pull them up and drive them out and cause them to cease to exist in your life. Why? Because the word in me is getting bigger than the thoughts that are in my mind. Glory to God. Amen. Every year, every year of my life, I make the decision. There are things I'm not thinking this year. There are things I'm not doing this year. There are things I'm not allowing this year. And then I got to set about getting in the Word and saying, now how am I going to stop that? Because I got to get a hold of the Word. Well, bless God, Pastor. You just need to cast down them imaginations. I can help you. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. Of course, we got to cast down imaginations. But how do you cast down imaginations? Why are you casting down imaginations? Because the Word of God is your foundation. So you don't just say, I cast down that imagination. By what authority? By whose authority do you cast down that imagination? I cast down that imagination because the blood of Jesus Christ has purged my conscience from dead works that I might serve the living God. I am not conformed to this world, but I am transformed by the renewing of my mind, and I can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I have put on the new man which after Christ is created in righteousness and true holiness, and I do not have my mind set on the things of this world. I have my mind set on the things of God. Now you've cast down an imagination. I mean, now you've cast it down. You've stomped it. and You've ran it over with a road grater and set fire to it and burn it and it's not coming back. Amen. Amen. Because I'll, I'll end with this. The enemy is not trying to take the word to make things hard on you. He's trying to take the word to kill you. To destroy your life. To destroy your family. You understand? I I learned that years ago. I don't have time to play with this. This is life or death. Because the enemy will put a disease on you that will kill you. And you can't play with it. Well, bless God, I'm the healed of the Lord. You're playing. You're playing. You're playing. You got you to put the word in you and let it come out of your mouth 
like you mean what you're saying. The enemy is crazy. He's insane. That's what, that's what the word means when it talks about our adversary. In modern Greek, it came to mean a lawyer that's arguing the other side. But in classical Greek, it was somebody that's on the verge of insanity. You're dealing with an insane murderer, an insane thief. And Christians meet that insanity every day with a little dabble, do you? And can I, can I explain this to you before we go? And the devil is watching everything you do every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. He knows you're going in and you're coming out. He knows what you like. He knows what you, doesn't, you don't like. He knows where your weaknesses are. He's watching. He's waiting. He's roaming about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. You do not have time to play with the Word and leave it laying on any hard-heartedness in your life. You've got to get busy with the Word because we've got to answer that threat. Got to answer that threat. We don't have time to just hear the word and not do it. Because he doesn't want to just take the word away from you. He wants to destroy your life. You, You understand? He wants to destroy your children and destroy your family. I didn't say he's going to. That's what he wants to do. Amen. And 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 listen, you're gonna face challenges. When uh, some number of weeks ago, several now, the first part of December, uh, first, second, second week in December, uh, Pastor Michelle had, uh, uh, Liliana had a a birthday party on a Sunday afternoon. You know, most people don't have church on Sunday nights anymore. So, you know, you have a birthday party on Sunday afternoon. It was her best friend. And so we wasn't going to miss church, so she took her. And it was a princess party. And uh, had a lot of little princesses running around. That was great. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I play in my princess's princess tent. I'm the king, though. Not a princess. I'm the king. You'd be surprised I can fit in that tent. The other day, she wanted Pooh Bear and the queen to get married. I said, Lily, we can't do that. Well, why not? I said, because he's a bear. And bears and people don't get married. She goes, oh, Daddy, and make believe it's okay. <laughs> anyway, she went to the princess party. She came to church. And, you know, you can tell when your child's kind of dealing with something, facing something uh, in their body. And so I could tell she wasn't quite up to par. But, you know, Lily's just, she's just got this disp- disposition that, I mean, she's never grumpy. And so she was just getting through it. But I noticed about a quarter way through my message, she was asleep. Well, that never happened. And uh, so, long story short, you know, Pastor Michelle took her temperature. She had a fever. And, and uh, so, of course, we begin what we always do. We begin the application of the Word of God. And uh, I'm saying this for a reason. Because we begin the application of the Word of God, and the thing didn't move. It got worse. About Thursday, it looked a little better. You follow me? But it still wasn't gone. Well, Friday, she got up, acted like she was feeling pretty good. I took her temperature, 103. It's getting worse. 
Now, wait a minute. I'm working the Word. Now, I'm, I'm telling you this for a reason. I'm working the Word. We're working the Word. But what are we in? A storm. A storm. A storm. Well, I got I to gotta come here. So I, I leave that Friday, prayed for her. We left. I get up here on Saturday. I'm here Saturday. Had different things going on. Saturday night, I don't know what time it was, 11 o'clock or so, Pastor Michelle called me, and she said, I'm, I'm taking her to the children's hospital. And, uh, of course, we agreed in prayer. Well, now, here's, here's the point that I'm telling you. I never once said, what's wrong? Right. Why is this not working? Had I been applying the word, yes. then the word's working. Amen. The word's working. The word's working. Amen. See, what you've been applying the word to, and it doesn't look like it's changing, the word is working. The enemy's telling you the word's not working because he's trying to destroy your life. And why does he tell you the word's not working? So you'll quit working it. And if you quit working it, he can take it from you. I will not quit working the word. I will not quit working the word. I told somebody one time, they were talking about what if you die sick? Then I will use my last breath to raise my hands and say, I believe God's my healer. That's it. Because what I believe is what I believe. Amen. Amen. Well, we kept, we're working the word. The word's working. So she goes in. They said, well, it started with the flu. Right. And the flu opened the door to this strep. And it's a different strain of strep that tries to settle in the joints and it brings sepsis along with it. And it's, it's, it's spreading. And, and it was a bad, in the natural, it was a bad situation. Amen. The word's working. Now watch, I'm, I'm helping you. I need you to see this. I could not allow myself to sit up that night under the guise of praying, asking God to do something that I've already believed that he's doing. I got to go to sleep. I got to go to bed. I got to minister. Now, don't misunderstand me. You say, did you wake up at the night? Several times. Right. What did you say? Thank you, Father, for healing my daughter. Thank you, Father, she's in the best hands possible. Thank you for giving the doctor's wisdom. Thank you for giving the doctor's understanding. Father, so they can do their part. See, the word's working. Right. Amen. The word's working. Did the storm come to the man that was doing the word? What's that? Did the storm come to the man that was doing the work? See, people leave you with the idea that if you're operating in faith, you're never going to face a storm. You are going to face a storm. It's impossible. Jesus said, it's impossible, but offenses may come. But what happens? The word rises up that's in you and puts a stop to every storm that comes your way. Oh, glory. Amen. So we went Saturday, we went Sunday. Hallelujah. Pastor Michelle called me. She said, well, we're, you know, we're, of course we're standing, but they, the temperature was going down, but they just took it and it's back up. And see, here's the enemy. Here's how the enemy plays. Yeah, yeah, see, see, it's, it's back up. You better check out. You've done something wrong. I've been doing this for more than half of my life. And he's still trying to tell me that I've done something wrong. 
that I've missed it somewhere. That's his game. When you start feeling sorry for yourself, hear me say this. That's the devil talking to you. You are in bed with a demon. And he's trying to make you feel sorry for yourself so that he can snatch the word from you. Don't you let it happen. Don't you let it happen. You do anything but that. Amen. And I, I refuse to do it. And he'll bring you, he'll bring you thoughts. Of how are you going to live without them? How could you make it? How would you feel? I mean, you'll feel it right here. You've got to grab a hold of that. That's the enemy trying to take the word from you. Amen. Amen. We had to stand. So we, we, we were standing all that week before. Now we're in the hospital, and we're standing. And Sunday, things kind of leveled off, but they weren't any better, but they weren't any worse. Monday, I got to drive there. I'm, I'm driving there. I go directly to the hospital. Walk in the hospital, and Lily's eating some kind of ice cream Sunday waffles. <laughs> looks, right, looks up at me with whipped cream all over her mouth. Hey, Daddy, this is the life. This is the life, right? Temperature had went down that day, had, was staying down. Amen. Amen. Temperature went down that night and was staying down. Yeah. Went up there the next day. They said, we're going to keep you another day just because of these things. Temperature's down, staying down. No sign of, of, of strep, no sign of sepsis in her body. Amen. Amen. Wednesday, they said, you can go home. Went home Wednesday. Now, here's what I'm trying to explain to you. I need you to see this. We went through a, a storm. Don't ever let people of faith try to convince you that just because you're working the Word, you're not going to face a challenge. But the Word is up for the challenge. Hallelujah. And people will look at you and go, I wouldn't have even known you were going through anything. Well, no, because the pressure was on the Word. Wasn't on me. The pressure was on the word. Who's my daughter's healer? Who? God. The Father. The word. Not me. My job's lay hands on her and believe God. Amen. Say it out loud as you're standing up. The word is working mightily in me. Say it out loud. The word is working right now. Effecting change. Executing benefits. Filling me with goodness, healing my body, meeting my needs, saving my family, delivering my life from destruction, from defeat, from the path of death. In my pathway, there is life and there is no death in Jesus' name.